Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos al episodio 131 de Latino Founder Hour. Los saluda Edgar Navas, eh, fundador de Clica Digital. Uh, y hoy le damos la bienvenida a Ramón Ortega, fundadora de My Money, My Future. Hey, Ramona, how you doing? ¿Cómo estás? Good. Buenos días. Buenos días. <laughs> and, and happy October 2nd. You know, we're down to the Q4. Unbelievable. We almost made it through 2020. You know, the fires. Yes. Uh, plagues and, and whatever comes next. Hopefully not. We're, we're resilient. Let's, uh, <laughs> exactly. R Ramon, and, and tell me, you know, I, I think um, I just want to start this because I think I met you in Philly briefly. You know, we were in a, in a uh, black and brown. Uh, yes. we, we were at a dinner. I didn't have a beer. And this <laughs> is just my apocalyptic um, fashion sense. But yeah, I think I met just like, oh, yeah, yes, I, I met you that fantastic dinner uh, with, you know, all these Latino leaders, startup founders. Uh, well, but I, I just wanted to say thank you for coming to the show. Uh, I know it's been it's been a while, it's been in the making, and we're really honored to have you because you're one of the most amazing women, you know, uh, out there, you know, founders. You've done so much for the black and brown community. And I just wanted to, first of all, welcome you and acknowledge that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's great to be here. Um, it's a great community between, you know, there's so many people doing amazing work in the innovation economy. Um, I, for one, just am ex excited to see the the sort of growth in Latino communities and innovation, especially. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in my thoughts, having grown up in the Bay Area. <laughs> okay. So you grew up in the Bay Area? I okay. did. Yes. Yeah, so my, um, I'm, third generation here um, okay. already. So my, my mom um, was from here. She grew up and she was born and raised in Napa, California. Um, you know, she worked in a, a in the in the fields her early days, unlike so many families. <clears throat> and my dad is from Texas, but ended up in Bakersfield um, okay. and in the Central Valley. So, you know, that's, uh, that's our really long history here is that you got three generations. Um, people are you know, working in the fields, working hard, but not seeing a ton of progress. So, you know, and I think it's really uh, what fills um, my journey, and especially in Napa, you have in terms a, of a, ma a massive amount of wealth, um, okay. given, you know, just in terms of old families, farms, yeah. you know, institutional wealth, uh, intergenerational wealth. And I just wasn't seeing that same wealth being built in my, um, my family. And I think, there were a lot of moments in my early life that were triggers for the kind of work that I do. Um, you know, my grandmother used to caretake for uh, an ex-49er. So you had a home in, high up in the hills in Napa, beautiful. And so we'd go and help clean. <clears throat> she was, you know, part of the, yeah. the, you know, crew that would keep the house. So I had access to this amazing home. Mind you, I was cleaning it, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I was like, how do people get this switch? Like, how do you have this? And interestingly enough, he made his money as a, as a 49er, but then he later invested in a lot of real estate and development. Um, 
And I think it was just those early moments of just being like exposed to sort of what you can have and what's what's out there that I started just to be very aware of the opportunity gap, which obviously is very closely related to sort of people, black and brown communities, right? Um, for yeah. all the reasons that we know, the and structural racism, lack of intergenerational wealth, that that all leads to a lack of opportunity and lack of re- representation, right? Yeah, correct. But and, and you know that's a common theme that you know with with any of the amazing uh, you know founders, just like Nora Mai Cadena, which you you you, you yeah, know. Yeah, I love her. So, and 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 it's just like we keep talking about this, but and you know how does that how, how do you go from you know being in that situation to Fordham University because, and, and Nora Mai Cadena to, to MIT that that's you know without having you know that foundation and that. Um, let, let's say type of mentorship. How do you make that giant leap? You know, and, and I'm asking because I, I want to see how can we replicate and scale this model. You know, just as a startup, how do we instead of making one Ramona, one Nora Mai, how, how can we yeah. make a hundred or a thousand uh, of you guys? Yeah, no, it's it's a really um, important question. Actually, um, I have a son who's 18 now. I just dropped him off at college. He's oh my a, gosh. Yeah, he's over at CU Boulder. Um, and I often have this conflict with him. It's like, you know, he's grown up with a lot more access, a lot more mm-hmm. opportunity. And so how do you, how, you can't create that resilience. And I think that that's really important too, is that you can't always replicate kind of success and leadership. I think that there's there's drive and there's, and there's values, but I'm also of, the of the thinking that not everybody has to do all of this right i mean yeah people like nora may myself think and there's other there's lots of other folks who do it but it's it's not always the only way to go because i also don't want to shame people for like oh you didn't you know i've i know absolutely it's the nature of my beast to, yeah. to be very um you know aggressive about my career i am very resilient i mean i just always wanted more right and maybe it was because of those early childhood experiences um, I wanted to get out of Napa. I was very clear that I was going to New York at some point, and I ended up going. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, I have early days remembering. Um, you know, my father was very kind of academic. He would have been academic if he would have went to school, but he would have me read the paper, and we'd you know talk about news stuff and watch sixty minutes. And so, my first iteration of my career, I was going to go to New York to go work for sixty minutes. I wanted to be a reporter, and I actually spent a number of years. In journalism, I worked with the LA Weekly, um, and I ended up going to New York and working for 60 Minutes. That's actually oh, wow. how I ended up yeah. there. Um, and so, you know, I think I've always been very goal-oriented. And I think that in our community, what we have are two things that are really important. One is there's an understanding that nobody gets there alone. All mm-hmm. of us have literally on the shoulders backs of yeah. so many people right and i think that's something that is really important for our community because i think there's a an, an understanding that you should be giving back that you have an obligation that you didn't get here alone um and that you know if you if you do work hard and i hate i hate saying that because I, I you know it's not a pull yourself up by your bootstrap but it is about wanting more for yourself, wanting more for your community, and then going out there and not being afraid to fail. I like it. Yes. And not being afraid yeah. to boom, fall on your face, but then get up and, and dust I it think, up. Yeah. 
I think that I, I can speak from my experience, I'm kind of looking back now that I'm a little bit older, I can have some reflection, is that I didn't have a lot. And so I didn't, and, and also there wasn't some weird expectation that I was going to do this, anything. I, I mean, really, it was like kind of go to school, go to school, go to school, Mija. So I had that. It's yeah. Still, um, do you know, like always be working. My grandmother was like, you know, workaholic. So everyone always had to have a job. Um, but I, I think it was more, I had nothing to fear because I had nothing to lose. And even with starting the company, I mean, that was, it was a huge risk. It was a huge jump. I was leaving the only economic security that I had ever had, meaning I was working on Wall Street. I was a lawyer. I was a securities attorney. I was like, I'm making six figures. Like, you know, this comfortable. Is, I, yeah, I, it's cool, a I'm cushion. Here. Yeah, like I've made it. Yeah, stop now. <laughs> and, and and now you're taking this leap of faith, and your family. I can't imagine your family is just going like you're doing what. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't <laughs> understand it most. <laughs> now I think now they get it, and you know they're yeah. like, oh, okay, she does this thing, and it she seems to like get a lot of media, so that must mean something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, clearly my mom now supports and she really understands that my sister's very involved in the company as well. So I think there's um, there's now much more of an awareness. And I think, look, at the end of the day, what we're mm -hmm. doing, helping people make better financial decisions, smarter financial decisions, being a money navigator, essentially. Right. So we, we're talking about it now as like we're sort of, you know, um, Google Maps for your money. Right. Thank you. Yeah, and, I'm going to write that down for the yeah. Yes. <laughs> And the idea is that we're helping you navigate through life's journey. And along those, along that road, you need money for a lot of things. You want to buy a house. You want to have a kid. You want to go to grad school. You want to open a business. You make money decisions every day. Yeah. And what we're trying to help folks do is, one, just make smarter decisions, really um, make it accessible. Because when I was on Wall Street, one of the things that I realized was that um, this stuff isn't complicated. It's not. And what we've done is we've created this eight, this sort of ethos around um, finance being essentially for white men, right? That like it's, that they're the ones that know. No one else really knows because that's yeah. me. I mean, if you're watching Wall Street movies, if you're watching anything have to do with, you know, finance. I mean, even on Squawk Box. I mean, you don't see any young Latinas talking about stocks and what's going on in the bond market or crypto yeah. or SPACs or whatever. So I, I think we're what we're really trying to do is change the face of finance by okay. literally changing the faces. The face of finance, yes. <laughs> One person at a time. So no, uh, my question, you know, for, for you initially, you know, okay, so we know what my money, my future is. I, I like it, how you define it. Google Maps for your money is like perfect. Now. And then you have a visual idea and you see my hands are flinging everywhere that's that's <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about before <laughs> um but um how early now i mean how early do you start i mean is, is this a uh, high school middle school or professional yeah. how early would you want to see or are you seeing your right your so right now we're focused on what we call the multicultural millennial um, okay. um now, that is our sweet spot right now. It's kind of mm -hmm. where we started. And the reason being is this, and this is important for Latino and African-American communities, is that we are, um, many of us in this generation, sort of that 30-something, although I'm not a millennial, but, you know, yeah. that, that sort of generation in their, in their 30s now um, are what we call first movers. 
they're the first thing they need to go to college. Mm-hmm. They're the first in their families to be, you know, successful, work in corporate. They're they're kind of like first in doing a lot of new things to help their family create a foundation. And so we're going after them because they are the influencers. They influence up and down. Yeah. Right. So they're Correct. talking to their parents and helping their parents. They're also influencing their younger brothers and sisters. The next phase of the company though is to really start to look at Gen. Z, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, that market is, I mean, it's overwhelmingly Latino, right? And right. it's it's key that we get them young and that we get them involved in their finances. Um, I think that we're going to have an easier time at, in, in essence to reach them because there is, there's so much more channels, right, of distribution. Um, yeah. and now they have a lot more access to, I mean, you got kids who are 17, 18 years old and they have Robin Hood accounts and they're trading options. Right. So I want Latinos to also do that too. And I think that's, I the, that's the key. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But first, you know, before you start investing, you need to be able to understand how to manage money. How do you make money? General, yes. Taxes. Oh, number yeah. two. And, yes. uh, and, and then how do you, how do, how to budget? How do right. you know, partition there's, your money? Yeah, right. It, 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 we think of it as there's five fi- sort of five things that you need to have to have a really strong financial foundation. Mm-hmm. You need to budget. Yeah. Right? And, and I have a saying that it's very simple. I hate when people complicate budgeting. You just can't spend more than you make. And you bring in that's <laughs> it's a simple <laughs> like, formula. It's a simple one plus two. Problem. Yes, one it's minus two. It, yeah. The other thing that we like to think about is you know having an emergency savings having investment accounts. So not only your 401k, but a Roth, maybe a brokerage account, right? So there's multiple ways that you invest. Um, you have an, a, an insurance plan. So some, whether it's renter's insurance, home insurance, life insurance, I'm a big proponent of, especially in our community as a way to create intergenerational wealth. Um, and then credit, you have to take care of your credit, right? So if you have elements of those at all times, and I think this is the key that finance isn't complicated, but there's many moving pieces, yeah. right? It's like a chess game. So if you make a move here, there's going to be a repercussion somewhere, right? It, it's it's just the nature of the game and Absolutely. primarily because of taxes, like you said. Um, and so it's not, again, it's not complicated. You just need to know what tools to use when. And so mm-hmm. again, going back to the Google sort of maps for your money, there's several ways to get somewhere. Right? No, totally. And we try to help you navigate the best way for you to get there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I see. And, and one of the one of the current topics uh, and constant topics that we've talked about here in the in the podcast and in other initiatives that I, I participate too. You know, especially in in, in it's in access, and we mean into access to capital. And this is an important uh, part: access to the information. Because we say, yeah, the information is online, but where, you know, where's a young Latino going to go to say, like, uh, how do I find Ramona? How do I, first of all, find out that Ramona exists? Uh, Right, right. Well, so that's interesting because I think if anything, you know, our moat is our demographic. It is Mm -hmm. our content and the way in which we talk about finance to make it culturally relevant. Right. So, yeah. Because there's tons of finance. People can become financial experts in you know a week if they wanted to on YouTube. Yeah. The concepts are out there. It's the application of okay. I know I should do this. How do I do it? When do mm-hmm. I do it? Who and and more importantly, who's the trusted person that I go to? 
Because if you don't learn about money at home, you don't learn about it at school, then you learn by making financial mistakes. Mistakes. Exactly what I did. No, no blaming my parents. They didn't know either. But um, that's so where do we step in? We step in in that way that we're meeting them where they are. So our, our, marketing is all aimed at like instagram facebook yeah okay twitter we're starting to get into tiktok um Mm -hmm. and but because you make the content that's geared towards them that speaks to them that reflects them in the hero images most importantly as a marketer Mm -hmm. right you want to reflect your audience in your message and i think that's what's important for us and then also i myself like i am the messenger and that alone creates a little bit more sort of accessibility for people. They hear my story like here, right? And they're saying, oh, okay. I feel like I can trust her. I feel like I can Absolutely. trust the company. Um, I like what they're doing. Um, and that's, look, money money goes hand in hand with trust. It's, it's always been like that with financial advisors. Yes. And so the idea for us is like how, instead of just sitting down one-on-one with somebody, how could I scale that? How could I sit down with a whole community of people? Correct. And that's what technology allows us to do is to, to automate and to, to digitize that experience using data and AI and bringing those elements in to help you make that decision. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, the democratize the access, you know, who gets that information and how, and how right now on, the, on their phone. So yeah, no, that, that that I think that's that's a great approach. And but but tell me, Roma. So let, let's go back a little bit. So you 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 were in Wall Street. You were an attorney, successful attorney. Uh, when when did this revelation happen that you needed to leave your your high paying job to be a startup founder and start from nothing like you know, most of us? Um, do? Yeah, that was it. You know, <laughs> look, I I will say this. I've always been an entrepreneur. I don't Mm -hmm. think that I ever thought I was until I was like in entrepreneurship. And I was like, oh, of course, you've been a social entrepreneur. I mean, I started, you know, two organizations, um, nonprofit organizations in New York. I'd won a Union Square Award for one of them. I, you know, done a lot of work um, at organizing at UCLA in my undergrad years. And I had a consulting company that was before, you know, a bunch of yeah. So I was like, okay, wait. So I actually have been an entrepreneur. Now it was in the more social impact space. Yeah. Um, but the the you know it's very similar. You're branding, you're messaging, you're creating programming or product. Um, you know, you're working on your numbers, you're getting revenue in, you're building something. So all of that, it's I was like, okay, thing. yeah, that makes sense. But um, I think what happened was that when I was so I interned with a chief judge in bankruptcy. So I spent some time in chapter 11 bankruptcy mm-hmm. and ended up doing the summer honors program at the SEC. So private equity and hedge fund regulation during Dodd-Frank. And then I, I got into securities litigation at a, at a, um, at a firm. And we, I mean, I was working on great cases. I worked on Madoff. Um, oh, wow. MF Global. Yeah. We, we actually were the ones that successfully sued JP Morgan Chase on behalf of investors for Madoff. Okay. Um, so, you know, I had this amazing and tremendous experience. And one thing it gave me, because remember, being in bankruptcy, you get open book. Being in SEC, you mm-hmm. get open book. Being in litigation, you get open book. What I learned was essentially how rich people maintain their money. What are the products to use? Okay. What are the mechanisms? How do you build that wealth, right? And you're just like, okay, I get it. And then I started looking around at... Um, financial services companies because i was like okay i should probably figure out what i'm doing i mean and i was pretty savvy i mean just because i've worked in it 
Um, and when I was looking around at the tech space, there was a number of people that had just gotten some funding, like LearnVest had just gotten funded. Daily Worth was out. Um, and I was like, okay, I love their content. I love what they're doing. They're reaching like young women, but it didn't <clears throat> reflect me culturally. Yeah. Um, it was just so many nuances that weren't being reflected in the way that we think about money, the way that mm-hmm. our, be- our financial behaviors were very nuanced because they're all about family. They're about mm-hmm. family, community, politics sometimes, right? So there's lots of layers. And um, so I started asking my colleagues, like other Latina lawyers, we have a group in New York called Cafecito, and it's a bunch of Latina lawyers. It's great. Um, and so <laughs> I would ask some of them, I was like, okay, you know, what are you guys doing with your portfolios? How are you investing? And overwhelmingly got answers like, oh, girl, I my man takes care of that or my dad, or I don't, I don't know much about that. I just put money in my retirement account. And I was yeah. like, wow, what's this about? And so then I, I, I kind of was like, well, maybe I can do like a newsletter. So I was like, you know, back to my journalism roots, I can translate yeah. this really complicated or complicated information or financial information into something that makes sense for people. Because I'm mm. like, these are smart ladies. It's not, it's, again, it's not about being smart. Yeah. It's just that kind of like, oh, I don't know. Money always freaks me out. Right. And how do we make it more accessible? And part of that is also taking away the shame. Uh, so I think, I, I don't know if I mentioned that I'm um, working on a book, so I'm very excited. Um, it's uh, No Shame in the Money Game, A Broke Girl's Guide to Building Wealth. I like it. Yeah. Yes. And, and the idea is that um, we want to make sure that folks don't feel shame around, you know, being poor or being working class or learning learning new concepts. Because mm-hmm. I've talked to so many people, for example, young Latinos who are um, you know, maybe first job in corporate America, first job at a tech company, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't take the match, right? They didn't take the yeah. match because they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't know what it I was.' I didn't like. know what, the, yes, and I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to seem like dumb. I yeah. mean, it's overwhelming. It's oh my gosh. and just you know, in other ways that we also shame sort of creeps up right well I mean, and, and it's i think it's like we we've also talked about it like money in the latino community is a taboo you never ask right. you know you, you you don't question you just like whatever you make you, you put it away and that's yeah, it yes, so you put, right. put it under the mattress abajo el colchon, colchon y ya. i mean Tan-tan. that's the other thing that we oftentimes are very risk adverse mm-hmm. and and in finance and in building wealth it's actually it's that that, that hurts you um, yeah. Right. I mean, there's and there's little things like debt being such a like, oh, you should never have debt. Well, that is actually just a like, leverage. Exactly. If you I know mean, how to manage it and use it to your advantage. Great. I mean, I mean again, that's how people get rich. <laughs> absolutely. So, Romana, talking about talking about money, let, let's let's make a quick pause just to pay the bills here yes. and, and we'll be right back. But I, I want to learn more about your book. This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. Bridges to Change's mission is to strengthen individuals and families affected by addictions, mental health, poverty, and homelessness. They use their voice and resources to stand up to all forms of discrimination, mass incarceration, barriers to health care, and inequitable economic opportunities. Bridges to Change's goal is to empower people to be self-sufficient and become members of the community, who in turn offer the same opportunities to help others. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to healthcare, family engagement, and goals for the future. 
To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com. And we're back with Ramona. Ramona, tell us a little bit more about your book. I mean, it's <laughs> when when is the release? I, it, it's it's a while off. It's in at least another year. Oh, okay. Um, it's in the works. Yeah, but yeah, if you works. can tell us something, yeah. Yes. The, the idea is this. It's to take sort of all the things that we are talking about on the platform, right? All the foundational money, mm-hmm. um, sort of essential money um, patterns and and sort of mechanisms and and really putting it into the context of you don't need to be rich to be thinking about your money. Correct. Here's how shame creeps up. And, you know, and so it's kind of a little bit of life stories alongside mm-hmm. the, the money uh, lessons, right? So this idea of, you know, why, sh- for example, why should we have an emergency fund, right? And I will I'm gonna tell the story of, you know, literally my grandmother used to always tell me, she's like, Miha, you have to have some money put aside in case you need to leave, right? Because that's real. Domestic violence is real. It's very much a part of my family. Think about and that. I, yes. And the idea yeah. that like you, you got to have an emergency stash in case you need to, you know, something happens. So it's really about um, protection. It's about mm-hmm. um, safety. Um, it's about, um, you know, having those opportunities to, um, to leave, leave a job, leave a marriage. I mean, there's lots of things that, that you need a, a good emergency savings for. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. but like, I mean, just things like that. There's there's so many money lessons that we all learn, and I want to put them in context so that people can think about them and start building. It's almost like a, a, a handbook for building wealth yeah. when you don't have money, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's the key because there's this notion that somehow, um, you know, everyone made this money and they're rich because they worked hard and I don't have any, so what's the point? When, in fact, most people, m- most very rich people have inherited some kind of wealth. Yeah, just, no, I agree, and 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 you know what? It was one of the fascinating things, and and I, I don't know how much you know about my my startup, Clicka, but you know we created, you know we we create apps precisely for for our consumer, and wh- why we did is because we realized early on, like you know uh, through some anecdotal, but also you know through our experiences in the field, like look, you know it's it's really expensive to be poor, and there was an article of the Economist, I don't know five ten years ago, sure. I can't even remember. That you pay higher. That everything. you pay higher, but we saw it. It was like, oh my gosh, you know. So we saw it in an industry, you know, how the, the, the all the farm workers, all, all our all our community, you know, will go to the store and get this, you know, phone card to call call Mex- you know, call back home, Mexico, Guatemala, whatever, and then you realize that that phone card gave you only sixty cents on a dollar or less. And you're like, mm-hmm. why is this? Mm-hmm. Why? And and then not only that, but we realized through our position of privilege that when we were um, pitching already, hey, we want to eliminate that, you know, to through you know, right. to investors. And I'm like, and they realized like, why is your community using those products? Why don't they use Skype back then? And we're like, you just you're not even in the same world. I mean, actually, we live in in separate worlds. You know, yep. you, you think Skype is for free because you have broadband and all that. You you have all yeah. these assumptions, and on the other end, we're like we're, we're paying yeah, that hard earned dollar. It's only sure. getting sixty cents. So that yeah, we saw that those injustices. I'm like, no, no, no. We we need to solve this. We yeah. we, we need to put you know solution right here on on a, on a phone where you know yeah. that farm worker can do and transact for free. Right. 
and, well, and, and just level the field. Everyone has a phone, right? I mean, yeah. and that's the that's the key. Is it? Or even, I mean, from a product perspective, moving towards like an SMS messaging platform, correct? Um, more bots, um, you know. And it, again, it'll be a mixture because it'll be a platform. Mm-hmm. It's a you know the two sided marketplace. But um, yeah, you know, we, we have to be creative, and technology allows us to do that um, yeah. with how we bring people in. Yeah. Right. And exactly. So, so we we talk about also what we're doing in the context of, you know, we're we're built around people's lives, not their not their bank records, because mm-hmm. most of the apps that are out there right now re- require you to link your bank account to get yep. any value, and the idea is because they're selling your data. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's the monetization. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't do we you can do that. We and we have an integration cloud, but um you don't have to. And the reason being because we realize that look, there's still a lot of distrust um around, you know, bank products and fintechs. But not only that, but it's that most of the the things that we're talking about have to do mm-hmm. with your life. You're leaving a job, you're getting married, um, you're deciding if you're gonna buy a car or, you know, lease a car. There, what we want to do is meet you where you're in life right yeah because that's no, no. The, that's when we can introduce a product and say okay in the context of your life here's what it's going to help you do okay so um and, and i wanted to also to ask you know so <laughs> I, I think we just got sidetracked a little bit but yeah. so you left your job how do you start as you know how do you start my money my future uh, what would you what, what that, that was a concept but now like, okay, I'm going to start this. I'm going to fund right. it. Yeah. How do you get the money to, to, to start? Oh, this yeah, mission? That's, um, you get used to being broke again. That just, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, I know. Believe me. I know. Luckily, I, I was like, I've been broke before. So I'm like, I, I'm, it's not that I'm okay with it, but I was like, okay, I understand the risk reward profile here. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I started with the idea of like just doing a newsletter. I was like, I could do this on the side, start a little like um, WordPress. And that was kind of what I was aimed to do. Then I had some friends in LA because I went to UCLA undergrad and um, they were working with the mayor's office and they were saying like, look, we really want to do something around women in finance. So we ended up doing a collaboration where um, we had a financial boot camp. So it was a Latina financial boot camp. It was about 200 women came out on a Saturday in City Hall. And it was just such a success that we were like, oh, I have to do something bigger. This is bigger <laughs> than a newsletter. It's bigger than just even a conference. Because what we were hearing was that all the women were saying, this is great, but like, how? what's next? Like, give me more. What yeah. do I do? Right. So now I know I need life insurance. Who do I go to? What am I buying? How much do I need? Right. So then they wanted the how. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is, it's starting, it's, it's time to think about a, more of a platform. And of course I'm an on-tech founder. So I was like, you know, I had to like, just be like, is this the right move? Let me, let me research it. Good lawyer. I researched that. I was like, let me, you know, what's in the market. And then I realized that, that there's also, there was no one else in the market that was going to be addressing this very specific needs of the multicultural millennial, Latinos, African-Americans. And I was like, okay, this is, this is big. And then a couple of other things happened. Like, uh, for example, we started seeing more money content um, on some of the Spanish language um, channels, like Univision and others, like just a lot of money. And I was like, "Mm, this is interesting. I was like, okay, this things are moving somewhere. Yeah. 
And um, we actually had a little bit of a, an issue with our copyright because some we had already filed our Mi Dinero Mi Futuro and someone else started using it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I'm clearly onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was just at that point, I was like, I'm either, I'm either going to do it or someone else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to hate myself if I don't, don't do this. And that's, that's Ramona's competitive. No, it's me. Yes. Yes. yes totally. <laughs> it, it, very Aries. I was like, you know, I got to get out there. And also, yeah. I, you know, at some point I was listening to a podcast and it was like, if not me, who? Right. Correct. And I thought about just my, my experience. I was like, I've, I've lived this, you know, my parents were farm workers that became, you know, mm-hmm. working class. My mom ended up um, working in the post office. My dad was at the um, Mare Island Naval Shipyard. Um, I grew up rough though, you know, like I, in community, my dad ended up sort of essentially dying in the streets in Oakland. So that, I mean, like every imaginable. Hardship. Yes. And then being able to, you know, I had a, a very successful career in international human rights work where I was working on this issue at like mm-hmm. in the UN, in Geneva, and, you know, so I'm, I'm, I was a delegate to the uh, World Conference Against Racism, you know, so it's, it, it's just all of this experience. And I said, really, if not me, who, right? I mean, who else? Of, yeah. of understanding also not only immigrant communities, but also like third generation communities, African-American communities. I grew up, you know, in, in the Bay Area. So I had a lot of, of um, interaction with all kinds of communities that were working class. So I felt okay. like I really got it. Like I was like, I get it. I get what it's like out there. <clears throat> you know, I've traveled the world. Um, I understand the policy implications. I understand this is a, it's a huge issue um, and that no one's solving it in the way that I wanted to solve it, which is how do we put a tech company out there to say, we're going to help close the racial wealth gap. No one else is saying mm-hmm. that they're talking about financial inclusion or better payday. Yeah. It's all very single vertical. And I really wanted to create a brand where people are like, yeah, I go to my money, my future for all my money things. Right. It, exactly. It's create a brand like Goy is a brand, right? I mean, they may not be liked anymore. Was. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> you gotta be careful. Um, yeah. Essentially, it's you know you think of going and it's you're not just thinking about the product, but you're kind of like the brand associated with it. Yeah. And, um, and so that's that's what's exciting. And I think I just uh, from a cost benefit analysis, I said, okay, I'm gonna do this. I you know understand the family and friends around. I had some. I put a lot of my own money in, so I bootstrapped very early on. Um, we did end up. Um, raising a very small family and friends round. Um, and again, and even in that, right? I mean, the reason that we don't see so many of us entrepreneurs is that it's a very expensive endeavor. It I mean, is. I, you know, I've had my family, my mom, like everyone's given to this company, right? Um, through me directly or indirectly. And so I think that's what I also was really important is that I look at my uncle, who's one of our investors and, you know, he, he did well with real estate. It's like, okay, so that's exactly my point. When you make these smart financial decisions early on, there actually is a real benefit. There's a payoff, yeah. There's a payoff. And so how do we have just more people having that payoff? That's mm-hmm. the key, right? And so exactly. Um, huh. So we did a family friends round. Um, then we started getting angel investors and started doing a lot more pitching and being very public about the company. 
we were building the platform. I mean, all of that just takes so much time, especially when you don't get a windfall of money all at once. I think that's the difference, especially for a lot of founders of color, is that we'll get 25 here and you'll get 25 there. And, yeah. you're gonna 50 and there. you go like, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. But it's, so, and then when you're trying to scale, you, you know, I mean, you really need, look, anyone that's been successful, they very much had at least a million dollars to start with. Because you need a team. You need a team. Yes. And, you know, well, a good team costs money. I don't care what you say. I've been in it long enough now, and I've worked in other startups to see. I was like, you can't compare us and what we've done. I mean, actually, if you have, if you do compare us, mm-hmm. when we built this thing on about $175,000, right? Yeah. That's insane when you're looking at comparing us to companies that have already raised $20 million, right? And yes. that's, that's the game we're playing. Let's be very clear. The way we win, or anyone that's in this space who's focused on a community that's maybe emerging or whatever, however they want to call it, but niche, um, is that we win the long game, though, right? I've already seen companies that we started with that have folded they got a lot of Same money here yeah very quickly and then you know, and they're gone they're gone right, because they i had to prove my business model <laughs> I, I, we're, we're speaking the same exactly same language <laughs> accelerators you know incubators yeah. and many of those right. companies that won awards a million plus dollars yeah they're no longer here and we're here paso pasito yes but we're here yes. we're still here yes i mean it, it's gonna happen the numbers are on our yeah. side Okay, so the demographics of not only California, but the rest of the country are moving. People and consumers themselves are becoming way more aware, politically aware as well, to want to be able to do business with companies that they like and that they trust. So, the you know, if we can win the long game, you just got to be patient. Um, yes. Uh, and, you know, and it's also, I think it's been as much as I hate to say it, it has actually been a blessing because you just learn how to be with your product. You, you, you know, like, what do I need to do? How can I make this better? And you're not necessarily have someone down your throat around like scale, scaling something that's not quite ready to be scaled. That's yet. true. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, I, I feel like I learned things every day about the business and I'm like, Oh, that's, that was it. That was the thing I always didn't know yet, or I didn't understand. Oh yeah, what 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 I what, what I tell people is like it's like it's like cooking a good stew, like a Latino is like a good pozole. You just you just don't do it in in an hour. <laughs> right. You do it overnight or over a couple of nights, and you become so, really good over many many years. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You 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 fine tune that recipe, yeah, in in ten twenty years. Exactly. I mean, I think the other thing for us as as a community, and this is very particular to the Latino mm-hmm. community, is that we have to be more comfortable taking risks. There's a, there's a bit, I mean, for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, the, you know, our place in society often mm-hmm. creates this sort of weird, like, you know, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to do this. Like, you know, you got to be quiet. You don't want to. And I think that that's changing. I hope that's changing. I think that's something we need to change in the younger generation. You know, I see it in my son having grown up in a very different environment that I'm mm-hmm. like, they, they ask for what they want. They ask questions. Oh, yeah. They're totally empowered in this way that I feel like I wasn't growing up, um, but became. And I think that that's we need to we need to do that because that, so much of what I see happening, people not dreaming big enough, not taking risk, um, and knowing that you have time, you have time. And, and, you're young. And 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 I think you know I don't know what you what what your take on this is like you know 
your demographic is you know the first generation or second generation like like you said but they have to look at their parents you know the the, the initial migrant that's that's a real entrepreneur that i mean right. they they took it on a journey with literally no money cross the border sometimes many times illegally uh you know they're risking their lives i mean what what greater risk there is than, than life right so i i think that's right. one of the aspects that gets washed off it's like oh wow that 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 happened we're not going to talk about it no what we should be talking about and celebrating that saying like right. look that's an entrepreneur that's right. literally taking all risk it's, it's all, all or nothing it's, it's all, or all or nothing right no, yeah, yeah. exactly no we have taken huge risks and i and granted you know there's going to be folks that are especially if you're undocumented that mm -hmm. it's going to be harder to, to kind of take certain political stands or to take yeah. certain risks absolutely but there's a lot of that second generation um folks who you know grew up here or 1.5ers you know um, <laughs> Lots of my friends in that in that space. Um, but the, at the end of the day, I think that we have to just know that you you need to take a little bit of risk to get that reward, especially yes. in the um, you know, and there's just like little things that we can do. we We need to talk about money as a family. So we're um we're talking to a couple of companies right now to launch a campaign where it'll bring it'll essentially be a dinner. So hopefully COVID goes away sooner or sooner. <laughs> <laughs> it's a campaign we've been working on to bring people in our community, so users of My Money, My Future, and have them bring their parents or a sibling and have a money conversation. So we host a dinner, mm -hmm. 20 people, and we sit with, so they make it comfortable to have that conversation around, okay, you have a property, what are we doing with that? Do you have life insurance? Who's on your retirement? You know, yeah. so that, because that way people know ahead of time. If there's any issues, we can just work them out beforehand. Exactly. Even dying's expensive. You know, a, a GoFundMe campaign is not the way to be bearing. Go. Yeah. It, no, I mean, no, no, I get I it. It's a community thing, but there's other ways to do it that doesn't have to be um, so draining. Last minute. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's expensive, essentially. And, you know, like people buy insurance. You can have mm -hmm. a plot. You can, I mean, there's lots of things that you can do as we prepare. Correct. And, 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 and there you're right. You know, number one, how do we make the people aware? Of this, that these products exist, but we, how do we also vet these products? Because sure. you know, oh, yeah. now that you know, we're a one point seven trillion dollar economy. So all these companies want to come in, and you know, we had discussions in the podcast. I've had discussions with my family. Like, we want to make sure that, especially with the political climate of, of today, I want to make sure I want to know where my money is going to. I'm not going right. to give you my money if it's going to support. X, Y, or C, and we're not going to talk about right. particulars, yeah, but yeah. my money's not going there, period. Yes. So yeah, if yeah. I have to, have to sacrifice, quote unquote, whatever, it doesn't matter. Everything has a substitute. Yes. Know? And we're talking about Especially you know, financial, financial products. <laughs> exactly. If it's a financial product, I want to make sure that I can trust you, but I, you know, my money's not going, that's something that's going to affect my Right. No, absolutely. I mean, it's something that we get asked a lot about. Sort of, how do we partner? What products do we we you know show up in our app? Um, mm -hmm. And I I I bet them. Um, we have a matrix in which we bet them. One is accessibility. Uh, so is it digital? Is it easy to use? Is it not going to be confusing? Um, we look at fees. Like, is this a normal fee? For example, um, for interest rates, things like that. Yeah. Um, 
is it a credible company? So it's just doing that basic due diligence on like, mm-hmm. okay, who's this company? Um, th- so those are things that we look at. Um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, we've unfortunately had a lot of people come into the community um, or even 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 our own community sometimes just also, you know, like the notarios. <laughs> like yes. they're not lawyers. <laughs> I <laughs> like, know. And you, you have a lot of that, right? Just kind of taking advantage of people's ignorance. Um, and so I think that, look, at the end of the day, people just, the more they're aware and the more that they're willing to ask questions, I think that's the big one, because if you ask a question, you can't get a good answer yeah. and it might not be the right product. Right. Um, and that's why I feel like at least with the platform, if we can get to the millennial, we get to the sons and daughters, Correct. then, then they're looking and helping their parents, right? They're looking Oh, you got this letter. Don't. Yeah, you're not going to mm-hmm. be like that. <laughs> you know, so they have a trust resource. Yeah, number one is the language, the accessibility to information, you know, that they bring in uh, right. back to the house. Yeah, and, and no, the transfer of the knowledge. Right, right. Yeah. The other thing that's happening um, in the context of just sort of demographic shifts, um, over the next decade, we're going to have one of the most massive wealth transfers that this mm-hmm. country has seen, which does mean that I mean, it's smaller percentage because we don't do as much wealth transfer, but there will be a wealth transfer even in our communities. And we have to prepare our young folks to, to figure out, like, how do you handle that kind of money? Right. Um, yes. you know, someone dies, they have a life insurance, but they get a house. Um, then they lose it because they don't understand taxes. Right. So the, you, we, what we want to do is make sure that people are aware of what that wealth transfer looks like. And then, what to expect and how to make sure that it's um, being used in a way that builds more wealth, right? That's the whole point. It should yeah, that number one, that you don't lose it and then it just keeps compounding. Yeah. Right, exactly. Oh, no, no, but that's the super interesting. So, Ramona, when uh, I know it's still in the works with the book, do you have an approximate date? <laughs> that we can... It's probably going to be the end of 2021. Into, um, so, a year from now. Yeah, it's a year from now. Yeah. So we just started working on it. I mean, COVID's actually been really good for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's alongside also working on the company. We're, you know, we're raising right now. We're um, working on some new product features. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but Go, all, yeah. of it, all of it good. Um, you know, and there's there's lots of space right now for us to take advantage of the greater awareness around the racial wealth gap and around social inequity. So I think that, you know, that's, we're hoping that that translates into dollars. Um, VCs are talking about it. I'm not sure it's actually true, but we're going to try to go for it. (laughs) Well, best of luck, Ramona. How do you, how do, where where do we find you? How do we follow you on, 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 on online? Absolutely. Well, you can, obviously you can find um, my money, my future at mymoneymyfuture.co. Um, and you can find us on Instagram or pretty active on Instagram. My money, my future is our handle. And then on Twitter, um, I'm probably most active directly on Twitter. Personally. Um, okay. And, yeah. And it's the uh, dinero underscore diva. <laughs> dinero diva. <laughs> I yes. do follow you by the way. Yes. And, yes. And it's I probably one of the best handles yeah, out there. Latina magazine. I, that's a Robin Morena. I got to give props to her. She's the one who came up with that. Um, <laughs> But yes, uh, and so yeah, that's you can definitely find us there. But I'm also pretty active on Instagram. It's it's not too hard to get a hold of us. 
Um, I would say that if any of your listeners out there are working with nonprofits or with a university, um, we actually just launched a new um, program that's an online financial wellness solution. Okay. Um, so we just uh, so only up. universities. You don't, um, and I'm asking you because I'm pretty involved in high school. Uh, you know, seniors, maybe seniors. Um, I mean, our content isn't meant for like children because there's some pretty, you know, um, yeah. sophisticated concepts. I think even in our college series, but we have like sure. a video called Adulting 101. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to tell sort of a little bit about like what to expect. Um, yeah, and so um, you know please get a hold of me because it's something that we're looking to partner with nonprofits um, on Absolutely. and universities. And we just finished up a contract with the university of New Mexico to bring oh, wow. them financial literacy. So, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I serve on the board of my alma mater, Texas state and um, a board of advisors. Uh, so I, I can certainly do that. I mean, I will be more than happy and uh, here the University of Portland, which yeah, it's a fantastic neighbor. So, um, and the reason I was asking, you know, high school, I do have a uh, a senior, and you know they're doing all these senior inquiry uh, classes, and they're like, sure. well, we've been pretty worried about you know, like you say, adulting one hundred and one, as we're about to just send her off into the <laughs> real world. And like this is some of the conversations we've never had, but we're starting to get like, how do you manage yes. money? But again, right. remember, it's coming from mom and dad. So it goes in and out. Yes, it comes from true. somebody else. That's yeah. true. We we actually might make the Adulting 101 a public video, like part of our co content, mm -hmm. um, because I do think it's important. And as having just sent someone off, I mean, here, I'm like, I essentially have a checklist. If mm -hmm. you have an 18-year-old or, you know, someone, yeah, your children are getting grown yeah. and they're going off to go, here are the things that you need to do as a parent to help them out. Um you know, for me, I'm just like, you don't even understand how lucky you are to have me as a mom to be able to help you. <laughs> yes. Because over the course of your life, you're going to just, you're going to have that security because we've set you up from the beginning. So for example, you put her on a credit card or start building her credit, right? So you can, mm -hmm. oftentimes with children, you can put them on your main card, um, you know, opening up a an investment account. Um, so that they understand like what is investment, how you, even if it's just like $50, so they can start yeah. seeing how it works. It's the best way to learn uh, having an emergency savings account, right? So nowadays mm -hmm. you can, uh, we partner with a lot of um, digital banks that have a built-in roundup savings, all of it in one, they can budget all in one place. So things like that are really important for young folks to start to understand. Okay. No, that that's fantastic, Ramona. So, well, I wanted to thank you again for the time and you know, the invitation is open to you come back. Hopefully, next year or yeah. even before, we would love to have you, you know, for the for the book launch. Yes, exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ramona. Okay. Latino founder hour episode one hundred thirty one. Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo. De Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 